Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's not healthy. Not healthy at all. Oh my God, a protein bar full of crap. Do you know what I love? I love a tracker. Mm. So do I. Mm. Are people going to hear me chewing? Hi, it's uh, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Am I leaving a voicemail? <laughs> hi, it's Brendan. You're leaving a message after the tone. Beep! Uh, hi, and welcome to episode three of Big Little Shrine. Hello. Uh, uh, I'm Brendan. I'm Rebecca, and I'm back from my holidays. Sadly, though, Hannah has... Uh, Gone to Glastonbury. Yeah, she has. Well, not sadly for her. Yeah, not sadly, sadly for her. For us, sadly for us. As a trio. Yes. Um, how was Rome? Very good. Have you ever seen the Lizzie McGuire movie or Sabrina Goes to Rome or Eat, Pray, Love? None of the above. Three iconic films which should have won Oscars. I pretended I was in all three films all weekend. Went to the Trevi Fountain. Went to the Coliseum. Went to 85 bars. Ate pasta every day. I mean, it was fantastic. It's a lovely city. And it isn't as expensive as I thought it was. Oh, really? Not that I remember. Well, see, two things I play there. Dublin is Really fucking expensive. Yes. And the second thing I play there is you were probably a bit pissed. No, I was, yeah. And also it was 35 degrees and because like I'm so pale and so Irish, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go to an ice bar. So I went to an ice bar on the Saturday after I did a cooking class. Mm-hmm. Myself and my other half went to a cooking class on the Saturday. Five glasses of wine <laughs> while I was making the tiramisu, my love. That is my kind of school. <laughs> yes. So yeah, fab holiday. And I missed just last week obviously but we sure, missed you we're back with the bang and we have stories for each other now when we, we all do. go away on holidays yeah. which makes it so much more fun exactly um so this was episode three, three yes. of season two um more renata uh, oh, just madness <laughs> like the woman's incredible incredible the gift that keeps on giving the medusa <laughs> Oh, the, yeah, definitely. Like the Medusa of Monterey. Yeah. Yes, iconic. Um, so, you know me, I love writing a few lines on the yeah. old uh, recap. How, uh, many, how many pages have we got? Uh, um, one, two, three, oh, four. There's more than three. 
Four. But I do have a few pages of theories and a few bits I've gathered from I the mean, internet. You're at like line of duty level. I just went for it because it was my first time doing the recap okay. this season. It's very detailed. I feel like Meryl Streep says detail instead of detail. Absolutely. I love the way she kind of like just spits words at people. I think in The Devil Wears Prada, she says detail. Yeah. And that's why I always say detail instead that's, of detail. That's the kind of detail we like. Okay, uh, Reb, you're up with the recap of episode three. Okay, so Big Little Lies season two, episode three opens with a flashback of trivia night, showing the moments after Bonnie pushed Perry and her realisation that she killed him. I loved in that that we saw that Celeste actually said, I did I it. Did I, it. I, she went to take the blame. Yeah. Because we didn't see that before. We didn't before. see that before. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that we actually didn't see that before. No, I don't. I don't, well, I don't think we did. I don't think I we did. I just saw it on Twitter. I missed it when I was watching it, but I saw someone tweet about it yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that's an interesting, that's an that interesting That was nice of her. <laughs> yeah. Um, back to the present day, Bonnie sits on a swing in her stunning garden and follows the sound of her mother, Elizabeth, singing to her daughter, Skye. She joins in on the sing song. So we're kind of starting to see Bonnie almost back a little bit to normal. He's eating another flapjack, by the way. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just panicked that you were going to ask me a question. <laughs> I saw you. There was crumbs flying everywhere. Mouth full of flapjack. My, my God. Um, so we then see Madeline and Ed on the way to therapy with Celeste's therapist, Dr. Reisman. Reisman? Reisman? Well, I I, I, yeah, Reisman. I, hmm. We're going to go with Reisman this time. I fucked up, she says, but she's desperate to fix it. Dr. Reisman then asks Madeline whether she considered why she strayed and had the affair. And she asks how her husband is meant to trust her again. She then goes in on Ed and she kind of accuses him of being disengaged. She says that being disengaged is also a betrayal. And she questions whether Madeline was just trying to get his attention by having the affair. The shade of it all. Like also she's very opinionated for a counsellor are you not supposed to ask open questions she's given her opinion to everyone in Monterey that walks through the door she sliced Madeline and Ed open and just unveiled all their insecurities in the first two seconds of that scene I love the way at the start of that as well it only looked like Madeline was in the room and then the camera <laughs> yeah. panned out and Ed was sitting beside her like the Ed and Madeline situation at the moment is in dire straits it is shocking uh, so Dr. Reisman then proceeds to ask Madeline if she doesn't have faith in herself because she didn't go to college and she mentions that whole row with Abigail. Um, she then asks Madeline why her first husband left so there's another dig and then she asks about Madeline's parents' marriage and whether that she talks to them much at the moment. Madeline then accuses Ed of feeding the therapist information because how does she know all that? Yeah. But Asterix, how does she know all those things? Did Ed tell her or do we not know everything about that therapist? Mm, is there something or, more no, or, or just did we only come in in the middle of their conversation have they had a longer chat where they talked about all that already true I, I felt like it was their first day yeah but I feel like maybe we came in in the middle of their session because mm. she said something like uh, oh you mentioned not going to college before true I just wonder if like Mary Louise is lurking in there oh, once I a week I think we've got a bit line of duty on this now <laughs> haven't we probably I'm just a bit suspicious of okay. the therapist okay. okay and I'm going to play that clip back for everybody in a few weeks time when I turn out to when be correct right Absolutely. Um, we then see Bonnie walking on the beach and she has a flashback to her mother abruptly dunking her head into a pool when she was a child because she has to be able to hold her breath. So if something ever happens, they won't drown. That's what her mum says. Uh, Bonnie then walks into the sea in her clothes. Yeah. And just we kind of dazed and a bit 
Yeah. We don't see how far she goes in, but she's getting a bit too close to that water. Do you know? Yeah. Um, so elsewhere, Madeline chats to Celeste in the car about uh, how when she was around three or four, she walked in on her dad having sex with another woman and all about how her dad told her that there's some things that her mum just shouldn't ever need know. Um, she then asks, sorry, she then says that's why she thinks it was so hard when Nathan left her because it confirmed all her biggest fears about marriage that it's not to be trusted. And uh, Celeste tries to comfort her and tells her not to give up and that Ed won't leave her. Madeline then asks Celeste about how she's coping after losing Perry. And Celeste says, life is colourless and dull without him. As dead as he is, sometimes I think maybe I'm deader. She also says that she was a better mother with Perry and that she needs to find joy again for her kids she definitely is suffering from like some sort of version of like stockholm syndrome definitely definitely and it's becoming more and more apparent because at the start of the series i thought she was kind of i don't know i knew she was really devastated but now it just seems to be getting worse and worse rather than improving it's like the longer he's dead the more time that goes by that she forgets what a prick he was and she's remembering all the good bits rose tinted glasses it's like when things end with the fella who was horrible to you and you go oh maybe he was nice no he wasn't Sheila, he was a prick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. We then see Jesus Mary... Sheila. <laughs> Jesus, Sheila. I don't even know anyone called Sheila. We then see Mary Louise, my favourite word that I've used to describe her, lurking. Oh, she loves she a lurk. is bloody lurking. If you looked up her LinkedIn profile, it would say lurking. <laughs> Lurker. She is lurking. She's lurking outside Jane's work in this episode, right? She just also, she doesn't seem to... She just appears... Everywhere in the like estate agents, she just appears. She just pops up. It's, it's like an apparition. Like, it literally is Mary Louise, the apparition. That sounds like a nice perfume, Brendan. Maybe we'll release that. <laughs> um, so for the she... older lady in your life. <laughs> It's definitely not marketed. A mature woman. Yeah. <laughs> the apparition. Um, okay, so Mary Louise asks Jane if she would get Ziggy to take a paternity test. Mary Louise says that she wants to squash the idea that her son was an adulterer and a rapist. I just Literally. <laughs> I wouldn't ask her here. Kim Woodburn. It always makes me, when the word adulterer makes me just think of Kim Woodburn. I know. An icon. It's a woman's icon. She came to Dublin for a night a while ago. Me and Brendan were we only found out afterwards that she yeah. was in town and we were fuming and we didn't get fuming. tickets. Human. Anyway, back to the more serious topic. Um <laughs> Jane says uh, to Mary Louise that Perry was the only man that she's ever been with and that she remembers everything vividly about the night that they were uh, well, not together the night that she was attacked. Um and even when Mary Louise starts victim blaming, Mary Louise is starting to do the whole victim blaming thing quite a lot. Um she's she was asking Jane, you know, were you drinking the night you met and did you come on to him or do you not recall that you're with another man because men spike pretty girls drinks and all this stuff yeah she was like could he have misread your signals like it's like she just is in denial but I'm like Mm. I don't know she's not in denial I'm like you know what your son's capable of because he probably killed his brother yeah (laughs) do you know what I mean did he we don't know yeah but like what on earth anyway we've got some juicy theories on that later so at school right the kids are studying Charlotte's web and sure the conversation switches to sustainability (laughs) like that transition of Charlotte's web to sustainability was seamless right yeah and also found out this week didn't know this we learned that it takes a thousand showers to make a pound of sausages I found that fascinating same that's why I'm a vegetarian my love me a staunch vegan (laughs) 
Screaming. Um, we also then see two legs just fall out of the closet. It was like <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. You know, the two little legs that just come out from under the house. I was just like, what? How? Also, the size of that cupboard. I don't even know how she got in. What was she doing in there in the first place? Well, I uh, mean, it turns out Amabella was having a panic attack in the cupboard. <laughs> but it was just, I don't know. It that was, was very so dramatic. Bizarre. But I'm here for it. Like, you know that Oh, way. yeah. Anything that involves Renata. Absolutely. So Amabella's rushed to hospital right after the anxiety attack. Renata legs it to the emergency room. Well, to her bedside. And she starts asking, no, did someone hurt her? She tells the doctor to check for bite marks after the whole fiasco She was like, she was season. bit last year. <laughs> I know, it's actually horrific. Like, if that happened to your And child. she just out of the poor teacher. She's like, what have you done? <laughs> no, like, I don't know how the teachers deal with this. Gordon is there too, right? And the pair of them, two alley cats. <laughs> oh, it's... To each other, I mean, and Gordon doesn't stand a chance against her. <laughs> right. The doctor recommends family counselling and that doesn't go down well. No, because Gordon's like trying to, he's like, oh, you know, Amabella, you're going to be fine. And Renata's like, don't you speak to her. She's like, you lost all the money. Um, so so the doctor's like to Renata, oh, like your stress isn't helping the situation either. And then she starts mocking the doctor. She's like, meh, 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 to the yeah. doctor. She's like, oh, what do you mean? Nah, 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 nah. And then Gordon says something and she's like, don't talk to Amabella. <laughs> um, we then see that in, in another scene, right, we leave the hospital. We then see that Abigail has moved back home with Madeline and Ed and Madeline her and her kind of they're kind of repairing their relationship really Um, and they're chatting all about uh, the the therapy session and that the therapist was pointing out that Madeline feels empty because she didn't go to college Um, so they are forming a closer bond I mean the bloody daughter really I know I missed last week the daughter really spilled the tea well Madeline had told her that he wasn't home and also, like she said in that scene you were just talking about, you know, I think Abigail said, will you ever forgive me? She's like, well, yeah, of course. She's like, it's not you talking. It was my doing. Yeah. It was the wrong. He, he was, I think he was going to find out in yeah. some way eventually. Um, so obviously when we did the Line of Duty podcast, we used to always go, bam, chicka, wow, wow, when Jill Bigelow walked in. But now when Renata walks in or we go to her house, we have to sing, it's my house <laughs> and I live here. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Wow. Uh, so we're in Renata's house, right? I mean, <laughs> this is like, I couldn't cope. We see a grown woman emerge down the stairs dressed as little Bo Peep with Amabella. Dr. Peep, it turns out, is Amabella's therapist. She asks Amabella to go outside so she can tend to her sheep. And then apparently Meh. she has fake teeth on. I miss that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she takes her fake teeth off and then everyone was freaking out about whether that was like an ode to yeah. Meryl's teeth. Yeah, no, yeah, she took her fake teeth out. Takes the teeth out, changes her tone completely, goes from being baby voice to very stern. And she says to Renata that no one's bullying Amabella and that she's learning about climate change at school <laughs> and she fears the world will end. So do I, my love. Don't we all? Jesus, that plastic. Right. Dr. Peep says that Amabella is also worried about Gordon going to jail and she's worried about Renata. Amabella reckons something has been going on with her for a long time. Well, Renata's having none of it. Children are very perceptive. Yeah. Oh, Renata is in denial, my yeah. love. Shocking. Meanwhile, also, I love the way her name's become Dr. Peep. <laughs> Dr. Peep. That could sound like a bit dodgy. Dr. Peep, the fragrance for the boy in your life. Dr. Peep was jailed today for 12 years <laughs> for molesting patients. Yes. More like. Yeah. Dr. Peep. That sounds like a sun headline, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a bit creepy now. I can't look at her again now. <laughs> very terrifying. <laughs> With her teeth in or out. Yeah. Um. So... 
where was I? Meanwhile, Jane's on a date with Corey in a restaurant, a lovely fire lit, another fire pit restaurant. They love a fire pit in Monterey. Oh, I'm dying to And a nice fat glass of red wine. Imagine having a bev out there. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, so she's on a date with Corey and they're talking about plastic in the ocean. Um, at the police station, Mary Louise visits Detective Adrian Quinlan and asks about any possible developments in the case because a mother needs to know. You don't believe my son just slipped, do you? I she love she's like, Yeah, she's like... You don't believe my son just slipped, do you? You know, the way only Meryl speaks. Slipped. Yeah, she, it's the way she pronounces slipped. her words or something. She barely opens her lips to get the words out. <laughs> She's like, you don't believe my son just slipped. Yeah, she acts with every atom of her being. Yeah. <clears throat> right. You know me, I always get lost. Uh, so, she, you know, she is like, Mary Louise is not backing down. Mary Louise is a woman on a bleeding mission this series, right? But and what mission? Exactly, mm. my love. Asterix for later. At therapy, Dr. Reisman compares domestic abuse to soldiers returning home from combat, wanting to return to combat and missing the war. She asks Celeste uh, where she got the bruise on her wrist and whether it was self-inflicted. She says she broke up a fight, but Dr. Reisman says that sometimes victims of abuse feel attached to their wounds. Are you an addict? Is Perry a drug? Yeah, the answer would be to that, I think. Yes. Uh, on Jane's date with Corey, she tells him about her son, Ziggy. He then tries to kiss her a little bit later on, but Jane backs away and says that she has to be neutral at the moment. What do we think of him? Um, I kind of hold a gorge against him ever since he made some smart remark to her in episode one, didn't he? Make some yeah, he of... was like, are you one of the Monterey Five? Yeah, I was just like, eh, that's just a bit of a weird thing to say. Yeah. And then also, sorry, if you are one of the five suspected of murdering a man or pushing a man down the stairs, which is not murder, it was self-defense. Anyway, um, would you want to? Would you want to go out with her? Well, why? What? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm just, sorry, I'm, I'm joking <laughs> on some flapjack. You're mad for the flapjack, you are. <coughs> sorry, but yeah, I have a few. I just don't know how I feel about him. No, I just, I, I don't like him. I don't know why. I'm just not into Where's him. Where's no. Tom from season one? Bring back Tom. What's the problem? Do you know what I do like about him? Go on. Is when he asked her out, he said, when are we going on a practice date? And she said, what do you mean? He's like, well, if we do a practice date and it goes well, then we can go on a real date. I thought that was a real nice line. You're going to use that on someone in the future, my love. I see it in your stars. Oh, read it the cards. Yes, my love. Uh, later on, Mary Louise watches a home video of Perry with the two boys um, that the kids are playing for her from the memory book that they made. Celeste walks in and looks pretty sad. Uh, Ziggy asks Jane if Amabella had a stroke. And <laughs> Jane says... <laughs> no, but her mother did. Yeah, Jane says that she had an anxiety attack and... All of a sudden, we see that Mary Louise is staring at him from a distance. See, she just appears again. It is literally the apparition. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Jane is leaving to bring Ziggy to school and she sees Mary Louise lurking at her car. She drops him off to Otter Bay and then she decides to drive and meet Mary Louise. Uh, so when they meet up, Mary Louise shows her pictures of Perry's brother Raymond and uh, speaks about how alike he and Ziggy are. Mary Louise says that she wants to be in Ziggy's life because she's his grandmother. And uh, she says that there wasn't a more gentle or more tender little boy than Perry. Jane says that he grew up to be neither. And Mary Louise kind of resorts back to that victim blaming um, and she starts asking Jane who initiated the, count, the encounter when they were together um, and she mentions Celeste and Perry's complicated sex life involving violence and she wonders whether Perry misread the signals yeah. on the night 
No. Did, did Celeste tell her? Did I miss that? Yeah, I wondered the same thing. I, maybe maybe we're just... Yeah, I, I, I don't think we've explicitly seen Celeste tell her that about their sex life, but she's definitely been telling her that he was abusive. And they said they were violent to it. They used to have fights together. I, they're, maybe yeah, I just I did. Mi- I wondered that. the same though. I'm like, how does she know that? Yeah, it seems very specific. Do you know that way? Um, and then Jane kind of did ask as well. And something I don't think you'd share with your mother-in-law even if no, no, and Jane, Jane did kind of go. Celeste told you that, like she does question, yeah, how she knows that. Um, oh my god, is he alive? <gasps> I know it's so weird. Uh, Jane uh, says that she didn't misread anything on the night, and that her son raped her, and that she screamed for him to get off her. Mary Louise asks if Jane saw any good in him before the bad. That was weird. She's trying too hard to find good bits in him. I think she knows. She knows damn well that he's a violent arsehole. Yeah, yeah. We then see a short clip of Celeste applying foundation. Um, we don't see where she's applying it, but she starts pulling her sleeve over her wrist. So I assume she's putting foundation on the bruise that the therapist noticed. Oh, is that what that was? I mean, I went back and kind of washed it again. I thought that was again. Madeline put makeup on. I don't know. No, yeah, it was uh, it was Celeste. Um, but yeah, I that was obviously just a little bit of a, yeah, yeah, covering up the the wound. Um, that day, Madeline sees Ed and Bonnie out for coffee, and I mean, well, she's bloody agitated when she sees them. She is visibly like shook. Shook. Uh, she does tell Bonnie that she does look better. Bonnie actually does look better. Then Bonnie gets up to leave, and she thanks Ed for the chat and the laugh. Ed then tries to leave, but Madeline asks what they were talking about. Ed says Bonnie's mother. Madeline asks how long he's going to punish her for, and he says for as long as I need or want. He says that it's a good idea to piss her and Nathan off at the same time, and Madeline calls him cruel. I mean, it's getting nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know if they're going to But like it. also Nathan asked Ed to speak with Bonnie. So he's now doing him the snide fuck as he called him is doing what Nathan wanted him to do in the first place. Yeah. And Bonnie and and Ed definitely had a bit of a connection in season one the end of season one definitely he was staring at her when she was singing that song I mean we were all staring at her when she was singing that song she's absolutely breathtaking but like and you can't blame the chap for using that situation to try and wind Madeline up a little bit yeah I mean like she's a very windable upable person oh she's wound up before you even like she's just wound up in general Um, so that that situation's getting worse, right? Madeline breaks down to Celeste in the car a little bit later on and she says that Ed is being so hateful. She says her first marriage wasn't real and now that she now she is a fraud in her second marriage. Um, and also Madeline apologises that she didn't know what Celeste was going through with Perry and Celeste says that she wish wishes that she had told her. Yeah. So that is kind of... I thought there's low there's obviously the show there's there's these kind of very genuine tender moments between the women but we're seeing we're not seeing as much of them this season I don't think. No. Do you know what I mean? Uh, them interacting with each other. Yeah, that te- it just seems to be like they're all just having a mare separately. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And that like, was kind of just a bit of a like real that felt re- that felt real compared to some yeah, of the I think other what, stuff we've seen. What we're seeing so far is the way that the 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 mutual thing that happened to all of them is now separately affecting all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're really seeing the the contrast of all of their lives. Yeah. Now they're all chaotic in their own way. Um, Renata then storms into the school. She asks the teacher and the principal what possessed two idiots like themselves to teach eight-year-olds about climate change. <laughs> 
you deconstructed my little girl into a coma, she says. And she calls the two of them pitiful. Uh, she also questions whether the whole bankruptcy thing has caused the school to believe that she doesn't matter. But like, how does anyone know she's bankrupt? Like, I, I don't. Like, mind your business. Yeah, mind your business. I will be rich again. I will rise up. I will buy a fucking polar bear for everyone in this school. And then I will squish you like the bug that you are. Um, like, you what, pret- was, what was the polar bear? Was that something to do with climate change? Yeah, because like, the polar bears are losing their houses. Or they're, the, the ice is melting, Brendan, in the po- in the. Uh, Oh, I will buy every child in the school a fucking polar bear. Because the polar bears are going extinct. They have no food. But they're not going to live in fucking Monterey. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. (laughs) No. For very long before they keel over. I know. So she's like, oh, you pretend you're not a smoker. You haven't been laid in 15 fucking years. Um, And as she leaves the room after her outburst, uh, the principal says, I told you these second grade mothers, they are Shakespearean. That mother, she's the fucking Medusa of Monterey. Like line of season so far. She is the Medusa of Monterey. Yeah. We have to call that episode. Yeah. And then he does have a cigarette. Oh, he's dying for the smoke. So oh she had that right. God. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, Renata calls into Madeline at work on a rant. She is fuming after that whole altercation with the principal. And in the middle of um, her telling Madeline that she called the principal a puss fuck. A puss fuck. I've never heard that in my life. No. Puss fuck. <laughs> I'm going to say that the next time someone really upsets me. Um, they bump into bloody Mary well, Louise. Well, they don't bump into as an apparition. Poof, Mary Louise has arrived. <laughs> um, and she introduces her to Renata and um, Renata's like I met you before I, I know Perry I was a friend of Perry it's awful what happened to him and uh, 
Mary Louise is like pretending. She, I don't know if she's pretending she doesn't know her. Like, yeah. And she's just like, you were there when he fell. And then Madeline kind of hooshes her away, <laughs> being like, oh, she's very strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Renata was like, what was that about? She's like, she's very strange. Oh, very like, strange. Like within earshot. Yeah, like she definitely heard. Uh, so then Bonnie's out for a run on the beach and she bumps into Jane, who is watching Corey teaching Ziggy how to surf. Jane tells her that he tried to kiss her, but uh, her body shut down. And Bonnie says that she should talk to Corey about her past. But uh, then she kind of like, Jane kind of laughs when she says this, but Bonnie's like serious. And she goes, I'm such a hypocrite. Nathan has no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I'm just waiting to find out about Bonnie. The, the, yeah, like going back to the holding of the throat at the end of season one, the whole water thing now in season two, and her, her mother, saying, the drowning thing. Also, did you notice, cause like, just to like toot my own horn, mm-hmm. in um, last week's episode, yeah. her mother said to her, what have you done this, this time? This time. This time. What have you done this so time? We want to know what happened that time. Yeah, and uh, I just, yeah, I'm just very, and the fact that she's, she's like, you know, no, no matter how much yoga you do or crystal cleansing. The downward dog cannot rid you of your sins. No, darling, it can't. Wow, that was very powerful. Um, at It's My House, Renata starts shouting, turn that shit off to Gordon, who's sitting there drinking beer, blaring music and playing with those bloody trains again. Poor Gordon minding his own business. Oh, Brendan, if you, imagine if someone playroom. lost all your money, no. Like Gordon now, I mean, I don't know how he's still in that house. How are they still in the house? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'd say the FBI are after they've frozen their assets, I would imagine. Do you know what I mean? No more Gucci for her. Right. She tells him that she's throwing Amabella a birthday party, or a party, not a birthday party, and she's sparing no cost. Sorry, (laughs) I can't wait to see this. Like, what are we going to, like, I mean, what theme are they going to go for? We can discuss all that in detail a bit later. But, yeah. like, she's throwing her a party uh, because, A, or one, uh, Amabella is unhappy. Two, that she had it out with Principal Nepple or Nepal. Nepple? Nipple? We had this, Nepple? <laughs> Nipple? Hannah was like, it, it is potentially Principal Nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Nepple. Nepple. I don't know. About, she, she had it out with him by climate change at school and she... Says to him, uh, three, sell your fucking toys. Uh, So Gordon says that what he has done hasn't helped the situation uh, uh, with stressing out Amabella. But he asks Renata what she has done. And he tells her that her guard was severely up when they met. Like this next line is absolutely, if someone said this to you, I mean, you would be horrified. Penetrating you was like piercing a cement wall. (laughs) That's what he says to her. (laughs) Did he mean emotionally or physically? I don't (laughs) No, okay? So he's like, listen, he's like, there's been something going on with you. You're never present. Like, you're in the room, but you're not present. And then she goes, correct, my husband put us in the poorhouse. Like, now, do you know what, though? When I watched it and he said that to her, I kind of, during the series, have, have forgotten what, they, what happened then. And then only when he said, being in a room with you, you're here, but you're not present. Only then did I remember, oh my God, yeah, because she watched one of her circle of you know not friends that's a bit of a stretch but like she knows that somebody killed somebody and that's why she's being distanced and we I, I keep forgetting about that it's because her scenes have been so iconic yeah. and they've been, they've just been kind of you you forget that there there's something seriously going on with her because she was unhinged in the first season but nothing no like she she's is now. ramped it up like ramped it up my love uh, at the school nipple is holding an assembly um 
about the whole climate change fiasco and he tells everyone to shut up and then when Madeline pipes up he is the most inappropriate principal <laughs> he's so inappropriate like he's more inappropriate than the teacher from season one that started the whole row point out you bitch yeah. you <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, so anyway, Madeline, uh, he, he basically, Madeline gives out for him saying shut up and then he asks her to come up on stage and then she says, Madeline, she starts it addressing the whole parent situation. Off the tracks. Like, I mean, she is, uh, she is, it's a train wreck at yeah. the moment. Uh, she goes on a whole tangent about how uh, they all lie to their kids by telling them happy stories and how there aren't a lot of happy endings in life. Um, they tell them things like you're fine. She goes, we tell ourselves that we're fine but we're not. And then she starts chatting about that Rainbow Connection song and wishing on a morning star and then all of a sudden, I mean, the, the floodgates open. She starts bawling, crying and she tells the audience we need to tell our kids that things don't work out sometimes and I only steady saw... Steady Eddie standing down the back. Steady Eddie didn't do a bloody thing. No. And then it was almost like in... He's uh, very hurt. He is, but it was like in uh, A Star Is Born. You know what I mean? I just what? felt like she like she shouldn't have been up on that stage. Bradley Cooper shouldn't have been up no. on that stage. No. Do you know what I mean? I don't see the comparison, but carry on. Yes. So anyway, uh, she she's basically having a breakdown. I only saw on Twitter afterwards that there's like a shot, a really quick shot of the audience and there's some guy filming Madeline. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He had the phone up. I only up saw that. Straight on Instagram. Oh, I only saw that afterwards. Um. So afterwards, Renata is like, did Madeline have a breakdown? Uh, Celeste gives out to Ed for not helping her in that situation and yeah. like trying to get her off the stage. Ed gets very snarky at Celeste. Yeah, very. And he's like, oh, why don't we go for a coffee and you can let me know what else I've missed? And then Renata questions whether Ed knows about what happened on Trivia Night. I think they're trying to imply there that maybe Bonnie told him in the last scene that we yeah, saw. But I don't but think so. No, because no. he would have reacted no, differently. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were like, oh, we're chatting about her mum. They're yeah, like no. laughing. Uh, at home... Um, Madeline Ab and Abigail speak outside on the beach about Ed and about the night's events, um, her speech and all that. And Abigail tries to comfort her mum. So that's just another kind of insight into their relationship. I'm nearly finished now. Amazing. Sorry, I thought I was going to burp there. This keeps happening to me on this podcast. Oh God, too many flapjacks. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, so then we see Celeste get home and she finds, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Professional lurker. Yes, she finds Mary Louise rummaging through her stuff looking for a sleeping tablet, my eye. Like she was in the back of that drawer. Like she was in. She was in. Or snooping as Celeste suspects. Uh, Celeste says that she should start looking for her another place. Uh, Mary Louise tells Celeste that she's on her side. But Mary Louise also says that she needs to be careful with Vicodin and opioids. Uh, Celeste says that she needed it for the pain for when Perry kicked her. Yeah. That night, Corey asks Jane if uh, he can give her a goodnight hug instead of kissing her. And then the pair of them kind of have this like slow dance together, which is lovely for Jane. But we just, I don't know how I feel about him yet. Mm. We don't know much about him. So I feel like we are meant to be a little bit suspicious of him. I don't know. I think we just, I think we're just being suspicious. We're just very suspicious. That's just the line of duty in us coming out. Yeah. Um, Then Bonnie walks along the beach and we see Celeste watching old videos of Perry that he used to send her when he was on business trips and she starts touching herself. This was so weird. So weird. So weird. She's like, I don't know. Listen, they had a really unusual relationship. So it's like, she, that's, that was their MO. Do you know what I mean? That was their, that was their pattern. So it's like she's continuing on her own way. Um, and then the episode ends showing Jane dancing and crying at the same time. 
I feel like Celeste could miss him a little less if she tried. Yeah. I feel like she's just letting herself miss him loads. Yeah, but she's completely seeing it just from the good times. And she did say that to the therapist. Oh, I want to remember the good times. I need to cling on to the good times. And you're like, he nearly killed you. Yeah, but like, and I also understand the fact that for the twins, she's trying to preserve his good name for them. I get that. Yeah. But for herself but to go people that and far like scrapping. into it, yeah, they're scrapping all the time. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's th- that episode now. If you were like to me, what happened in the episode? Not much. Not much <laughs> happened in the episode. <laughs> to be honest. But then it's like oh, I feel like at the moment. Do you know when you're in? Tato Park or you're in a going on a fun fair somewhere right. you're going the whole way up on the roller coaster and you know that it's about it's to it's about to drop but you just haven't got there yet right. and I feel like maybe episode 4 we might get the at drop. the moment Mary Louise is the only person who's kind of bringing the plot along so let's talk about Mary Louise so you touched on this earlier but I just I, I want to discuss it a bit more because I don't know if we've fully gone into it yeah. but in episode 1 or 2 no, in episode two, Mary Louise and Celeste are having a conversation. And Mary Louise talks about, they're talking about death and how Celeste is getting on without Perry. And Mary Louise says, oh, you know, basically, you know, my son is great. My son is great. The usual spiel out of her. But she says that um, she wouldn't have been able to go on after the death of Raymond yeah. without Perry. But she doesn't explain who Raymond is. And I don't think that's ever been gone into properly, has it? We've so just Raymond, we've assumed that, that Raymond, Raymond was Perry's brother. But she did say in this episode that Raymond looks like Ziggy and it's Perry's brother. Okay, so she, yeah, they have Clara. Yeah, so yeah. we do know that that's Yeah, so, but I still, I'm like, where's the dad? How did Raymond die? Yeah. Like, there's just that whole situation is so unclear. And I just, I can't figure Mary Louise out. Yeah, I think I think that she knows damn well that Perry was violent, but I think that maybe she's panicking and she's saying that he was a great son because maybe she, Mary Louise, or her husband had something to do with the brother's death and they are now terrified, or Mary Louise is terrified, that Perry learned the behaviour or something, which is exactly what Celeste is going through with the twins. Yes, and did, or did Perry kill the brother and has she spent her whole life in denial trying to protect Perry yeah maybe I don't know but there's a I think one of the two so we've got a couple of um, theories in this week so Heather Jones on on Instagram she got in touch at at Shrine Pod she reckons the therapist could be dodgy and I mean this could be probably why I'm a bit convinced right so this is what she wrote to us. My God, I have been having major issues with the counsellor and not trusting her and not being able to figure out why. I've just cracked it and realised who she is. I'm not sure if it's too shit for you guys to watch, but she's the evil bitch from Wentworth who has serious psychological issues. I can't get on board with her in this. Also, I'm not convinced they should all be going to the same shrink. Which is a very good point. I reckon, like, listen, the therapist's tone in this season has definitely changed. It's not even her tone. It's the, well, yeah, her tone has changed, but she's given too much opinion. Yeah. Like, she's, that's what I mean. It's, it's she's so personally involved now. Yeah. And I feel like she's so sick of hearing about, like, about Celeste going on about Perry and she keeps trying to push her to move on. And she also just basically went in on Madeline and all her insecurities in a millisecond. Yeah. And all guns blade, blazing on Ed. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel like... 
maybe she's just that's her form of therapy I don't know I don't know if therapists are meant to be like that but I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like my therapist is not like that yeah I would have assumed that your therapist is not supposed to be like that like she's trying to agitate them I don't get it uh, Rachel Wilson on Twitter has a theory about Perry's brother she says Perry's brother didn't die he was sent away because Mary Louise couldn't cope with him because he attacked Perry Raymond will return oh that's interesting. Uh, last week's episode, did we see Celeste having sexy time with another man? Um, a mystery no. man. So I think where we saw that was in, there was like a, uh, not a trailer for next week, but I think we saw it in, I could be wrong, um, in like a, a kind of a, an over trailer for the rest of the series yes. maybe. That there was a flash of her getting it on, which is what the councillor had suggested yeah, she needed she, to do. Yeah, uh, so Terry Plimmer wrote to us and he says, so how are we feeling about that mystery man in Celeste's future? That steamy scene possibly being Perry's twin. Oh my God. Plot twist. Uh, Ellie Bond got in touch. She reckons Mary Louise is going to try and take the twins from Celeste. Well, well, I'll give you an update on that in a minute. So she goes, notice how she's building her case. Who are we going to kill? Where were you when Max was drowning? And when Celeste said that they were both violent... She looked like she was using that. She was storing that to use. It will loop back to the therapist advising Celeste to document all of her injuries. There's no evidence of Perry's violence apart from trivia night. And that could be explained because he had just learned that she was going to leave him. Yeah. Ellie also mentions that from reading Leanne Moriarty's book... Uh, she knows that Bonnie grew up in a violent household. She says, we don't know if she did anything to her father, but it may have been what her mother was referring to last week. And Ellen E. Jones wrote a recap for The Guardian this week and she ponders, right, in the last closing scenes of the episode. Yeah. She says, clearly Jane's new beau is either A, a serial killer, B, an undercover cop whose work work ethic puts perpetually unimpre- unimpressed detective to shame, or C, dead Perry's long lost half brother. I don't know. I think we're all reading too much into all of this, to be honest. We probably are. Um, So, Brendan, tell me more about what you think about that situation. Well, when you just spoke about Mary Louise, you know, and the twins, there's a trailer for next week. (gasps) Oh, let me get the popcorn now. Pass me a flapjack. So, in the trailer for next week, it's pretty short. Um, It opens with Celeste in the shower and she's just kind of rinsing her hair down. Now, did we have a look at that? Uh, Do you remember for season one, definitely, less so for this season, I suspected Nicole Kidman was wearing a wig. What do we think? I think that I read somewhere that she was wearing a wig. Okay. Definitely in season one, it was terrible. Now it's better. Yeah, If it is a wig. We should tell them. We should tell HBO. (laughs) (laughs) The wigs have got better. Um, so Celeste is in the shower and we just overhear Mary Louise saying people are never really gone they live in the hearts and minds of those they leave behind so I think they're just teasing at somebody or coming back it's all this there's little indications that people aren't gone gone mm. 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 Um, then we hear Celeste telling Mary Louise that there are boundaries to which Mary Louise says, I'm not as convinced as you are. She keeps talking about going to rent. Has she not bloody found... She's been in that estate agents more than I don't know what. And like Jane found a new house pretty fast. Yeah. Why can't Mary Louise? And Madeline is flogging houses left, right and centre. If she needs one that bad, she can find her one. Get out. Mm, she's well, snooping. It's taken time. She's looking for the final thing that's going to seal the deal for her to take those kids. Yeah, she's stalling, definitely. Um, somebody else says, I think it was Madeline, I couldn't really pick up on the voice, we couldn't see who it was. The, one of the Monterey Five just says, everything seems like it's unravelling. Uh, then it looks like 
Mary Louise takes the twins out of Celeste's house, as in permanently. Oh my God. Um, the cop woman, I always forget her name. Adrian. Adrian. Uh, stands with her arms folded. It looks to me like they might be in a hospital. Right. I don't know a hospital or a police station. Yeah. Um, and she's just standing with her arms folded, staring at Bonnie, like very suspiciously. And Bonnie looks shook and like really oh, sheepish gosh. and looks down. And that's the end of the trailer for next week. So we're we're gonna, I it's all gonna come out next week. Start well, to. I bloody hope so. I bloody hope so as well because I'm getting a bit like the Judge Judy gif, you know, <laughs> tapping my wrist. I'm like, okay, come on. We know that Mary Louise is lurking. We know that Jane is healing. We know that Celeste is grieving. Come on. Yeah. And um, speaking of hair, right? You were talking about the wig this week. Shailene Woodley revealed the wig. What if that is Nicole Kidman's hair? I know. <laughs> Like she's iconic. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry, Nicole. Um, Shailene Woodley came out this week and she revealed that the blunt bangs were her idea. A lot of people have been going mad about her fringe this season. I mean, we said ourselves we weren't sold on it. No, it's not my favourite look, but uh, she spoke to The Hollywood Reporter this week and she explained uh, that they were her idea. She says, I've been in this position in my life where after a major breakup, triumph or celebration after a big change, a lot of people alter the way they look. Uh, I know for myself, I've always it's always been haircuts and piercings that's my way of moving forward in new chapters in my life so she says that she feels that Jane was carrying this weight for not feeling in her own body because of what happened to her for eight years she felt disconnected from her own identity and not just on an emotional or mental level but on a physical level as well and at the end of season one when Perry died she says I felt like maybe two or three after weeks after the incident she would have woken up one morning looked at herself in the mirror and thought this isn't who I am anymore this monster is gone and I'm not going to let him live in me or control me any longer um, so she just explains that she feels like in that moment her character took a pair of scissors and cut the bangs herself yeah so that's why they do look a yeah. bit that's how her vision for it um, and she says that she went to her closet and gathered up almost everything it took to the nearest clothing swamp and donated it all and got new clothes to be in control of her new identity again Love it. That makes total sense. It does make total sense. Yeah. So I know people are throwing, we, we all did. We said they weren't our favourite, but it does show the dedication and commitment she has to the character of Jane and to victims of assault. I mean, from Meryl's teeth to her fringe. Yeah. Yeah. Like the five women, I forget there's men in this series, no offence. I mean, none taken. Do you know what I mean? It's about the women. It is, but like. Gordon it, up playing with his trains. I mean, what is going to go on next week? I know we've seen a few clips, but like Gordon, how are the FBI? How is he not behind bars? Yeah, I don't understand why that's taken so much time. Like, how are you still in your house? How are you not in prison? Mm, they're building the case. Also, I want to see Amabella's party before all that happens. Now, what? Okay, we're, we should put a poll on Twitter about this. If, like, what theme would you choose? If you were throwing Amabella a birthday party, what would you like to go I mean, to? It has to be climate change. I mean, it could be climate change. Someone said the red wedding would be good. Oh God! Is that from a, Game of Thrones? Yes, yeah, I haven't seen. That. I haven't seen it either. But I just—it's murder and it's, destruction. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. Like I, I mean, what themed party would you go to if it was Amabella's birthday party? I mean, to be fair, any of them because I just want to get a nose around that house. Yeah, we've seen the trivia night. However, I actually think I just figured it out myself. What in the clip for next week or in the clip that we saw of the whole season? They're all at a seventies party. Oh, okay. So I think that Amabella's birthday party, I've just literally ruined it for myself. Uh, I think <laughs> you don't know? I think it could be a 70s, like, groovy, hippie party uh, for her birthday party. She's trying to go all, like, you know, Earth's mother and yeah. save the planet. But I'm like, come on now. Gas. 
Um, what else from next week? Like, I would be hoping that at least one person who is not in the Monterey Five actually finds out what happened. Yeah, someone has like got to hear ne- them overhearing something, talking yeah. about something. Yeah. And Ed and Madeline, are they going to reconcile? Are they going to break up completely? Is Ed going to find out and is he going to be the reason that everyone finds out? There's, like, we're waiting for it. Like, there's one, there's just one person that's going to, like, bring all of this down. Yeah, the domino. And we're so close. Yeah, we're waiting for that thing to fall now, huh? And I hope it's next week. Yes, fingers crossed. In the meantime... We would love you to send in your thoughts and theories to shrinepod at gmail.com. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're at shrinepod as well. And also, I'm assuming if you've made it this far to the podcast that you like it. So could you uh, give us a five star rating if you were that way inclined? Uh, also subscribe because we've, we're now on this new feed instead of our uh, Shrine of Duty feed. And that would um, be great. in other news, that's nothing to do with the show. I think it was seven years ago today or nine years oh ago today. Oh my God, today. yeah. Line of Duty aired for the first time. Yeah, it did, Was it yeah. seven or nine? Um, seven, I think. I have a memory like a fish. What? Oh, Brent. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a nice little anniversary and here we are still talking about it. Apparently as well, someone tweeted us last week saying that one, some, one of you guys called Alexander Skarsgård Adrian Skarsgård. <laughs> I think... I think... <laughs> I think it was Hannah. But I love it. It's like line of duty never leaves the conversation. No. Ever. No. Yeah, we miss it. But sure luck. <laughs> for now, we're off for more flapjacks. Yeah. My goodness. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.